Hey everybody and welcome back to the Fake College Football Podcast. My name is Local Pops, you know who I am, you know what this is. Let's talk some fake college football. We are still in the middle of the postseason. We've got FBS National Championship game going. The FCS quarterfinals just started. Unfortunately, we do not have time to talk about the round two games yet for that. We are going to talk about the round one game, so that'll be exciting. But overall, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about statistics and not necessarily just yards and turnovers, points and points allowed. We're going to look at success rate. I've talked about this a little bit in the FBS Discord. What that is, is I will explain it. It's very much an offensive statistic. You can flip it a little bit and look at how well your defense is doing as well based on the situation, but it is very much an offensive statistic. We're going to look at success rate. We're also going to look at average difference. We're going to look at the postseason games, both for FBS and FCS that have completed so far, excluding the FCS round two game. I'm calling round two the round of 16 game. For FCS. FCS does 24 teams in their playoff. They do eight games in round one, another eight games in round two. Those eight games in round two are usually the round of 16. I'm just calling those round two. But we're going to look at the eight round two games, the four round one FBS playoff games, the four quarterfinals, and the two semifinals. So that 18 games that we're going to look at, High level of statistics, success rate, average difference, maybe look at number of plays ran overall for each team to see, okay, did anybody really control the game and do success rate and or average difference really kind of tell the story of the game? Or is there maybe something else that we need to consider and we might revisit that on a future podcast? But hopefully this is just another way to look at how an individual game has gone. It's not a great way to maybe rank a team unless you can really compare everybody. You see NFL statisticians or kind of third-party NFL statisticians put out either these graphs with the team logos or they'll put out big tables comparing success rate. They do this for college football as well. You can see that put out there. A lot of that work is done in R. Unfortunately, I'm not quite there yet with my R database and statistics setup. Hopefully that will happen before we get into season nine. We are a ways away from season nine, so I'm not super concerned about that. That's definitely something I want to be trying to working towards having set up and we'll see how easy I can feed in a list of plays from a game be able to compare stuff and then look at how a team does throughout the season. Now, average difference and success rate are two metrics, two data points for you to look at. They are not the end all be all. They're definitely not going to be the defining hey, this team did better in this, therefore they won. That's not the case. Across these 18 games, you're definitely going to see that that is not the case for a good portion of them. So hopefully it's just another thing for you to think about as you're looking at games in the future. And hopefully this is something that we can maybe incorporate going forward in statistics packages for the FBS and FCS. We'll see. If not, I know I want to try to curate stuff a little bit and maybe develop a back catalog as well. But overall, we'll look at the 18 games. We'll talk about these two statistics and whether or not they are indicative of how the game went. Briefly, before we get into the games, let's talk about success rate. So success rate, as I mentioned, it's an offensive statistic. Overall, it is really based on your first, second, third, and fourth down performance. In a way, it is looking at, okay, did you gain on first down at least half of the yards that you need. So most of the time on first down, especially in fake college football, first down will be first and 10. Unless it's goal to go, it'll be first and 10. So on first down, you need to get at least half of the yards that you need to have that down be considered a success. 
on second down, you need to get the remaining 70% of your yards. So if you didn't get anything on first down, if you went first and 10, then a second and 10, first down would be deemed unsuccessful. But then on second down, if you gained seven yards or more, that play is determined to be a success because you got more or less within a very attainable range of your first down when you still go to third down or you achieve your first down. That's usually what a success is. It sets you up to either have a good third down chance or it converts the first down. On third and fourth down, you have to achieve the first down. If it's third and three and you get four yards, that's a success. If it's fourth and eight and you get nine yards, that is also a success. So you can see that it kind of treats third and fourth down the same and yardage doesn't necessarily matter that much. It is very much a binary yes or no, did you succeed or not? which that's okay. And that's how that's going to be measured throughout these 18 games that we talk about. I'm just looking at plays where a run or a pass was called. This is all based on the play logs that we can get. So a run or a pass is called and first, second, third, or fourth down and the yards to go. So that's all that that is. Average difference is the total average difference for the team making the play call. So it's whatever team has possession of the ball. So on a kickoff, it's the kicking team. On a punt, it's the punting team. On offense, defense, it is the team with the ball. It is the team on offense. So we're just going to look at high level average difference for that. So briefly, we're going to go through the four round one games for FBS. I talked about those four games previously. I dove into them a little bit more, so we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about them, but we will look at those statistics for these games. So overall, let's start with UNT Navy. Navy wins this game 24-22. This is one of the upsets in round one for FBS. Looking first at success rate, UNT, University of North Texas, had a success rate of 43.5%. Conversely, Navy had a success rate of 47.2%. Now, they both, those are really, really close. So it's kind of hard to say, is it going to be easy to tell who did better or who did worse? Not really. They're so close. And overall, the number of plays ran for UNT was 46. Navy only ran 36 offensive plays, runner pass. So really not that many plays to determine, okay, was this team successful? Hard to tell. Looking at average difference, and this kind of goes back to the number of plays. UNT had an average difference on offense and kicking of 375.8. So right about in the middle. Again, we're looking at a difference of 0 to 750, and 375, that falls right in the middle, 375.8. Navy, on the other hand, 408.1. Significantly higher, but the way the game is set up, if they have a couple of really good plays, they can get some scores. And UNT was definitely hurt by turnovers at some times, and that definitely probably bumped up their average difference, where they may have had overall decent offensive plays, but overall Navy had a worse average difference, a better success rate, and still ended up winning this game. And 24-22, it probably shouldn't have been 24-22, but overall, that's a look at that game. Looking at UAB Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins this game 36-8. This is another one of the upsets in round one. UAB was successful on 40.8% of their plays. They ran, conversely to Navy running less than 40, they ran 76 plays on offense, run and pass. They go for it on fourth down, they hurry up, they play quick, but overall, 40.8%. Ole Miss won the game. They were successful on 43.6. So neither of these games so far have seen anybody above 50% on a success rate. That kind of makes sense. That's kind of what you'll see throughout this. But Ole Miss was just under 3% more successful. Let's look at average difference. So while UNT Navy, not that indicative, UAB Ole Miss, a little more indicative. UAB had a difference of 373.5, kind of right in the middle, kind of right in the average. Ole Miss, on the other hand, 337.2. That's like 35 points of difference. We'll call it points. 
not really points, but we'll call it points, 35 points better than UAB overall in terms of an average difference. UAB had the turnovers, so their average difference goes up from that. Ole Miss had some big plays. That brings their average down. So overall, definitely makes sense looking at average difference that Ole Miss wins the game. Whether or not they win it 36 to 8 based on that difference, it's hard to tell. But definitely something pointing to, yeah, Ole Miss had a better game and they came out that way in the scoreline. Our next game is Duke-Georgia State. Duke wins this game 28-24. Again, this is a big fourth down conversion that ends up going for a touchdown. So that's definitely a small difference that contributes to their average. Overall, Duke ran 49 plays. Georgia State only ran 31. And these are just pass and run. But that's not a lot of plays. So each difference makes a bigger difference. A little bit of success goes a long way. So success rate. Duke, 55.1% of the time, they had a successful play on offense. That's really big. That's significantly higher than we saw either of those first two games. Over 50%, that's usually a good thing. Georgia State, conversely, 38.7. 17, 16% difference, 16% lower than Duke. That's a problem. Let's look at average difference. Duke, 343.7. So below the midpoint of 375, but not that much. Georgia State, 354.7. Also below the midpoint and only slightly higher. But fewer plays called, fewer plays run on offense. Each little bit of difference makes a bigger impact. Whether or not that's really indicative of the fact that, okay, this is why they are not winning the game, I don't know. I think in this case, success rate being over 50% of the time successful on a play that you call on offense is probably going to help you win the game. And that kind of pointed itself out for Duke, Georgia State, especially that final fourth down play for Duke. The final FBS round one game, Troy Akron. Troy wins this game 37 to 30. This is not an upset, nor was Duke over Georgia State, but 37-30. Troy successful only 34.7% of the time. And this word kind of looks like, whoa, why is this? This this statistic is really bad. They're closer to one third of the time being successful than half the time. Conversely, Akron was successful 46% of the time. So definitely not a great indicator all the time for who did better or who did worse. Just really not like, wow, this kind of flies in the face of whether or not you did well. Overall, Troy ran 49 plays and Akron ran 50. They played about the same amount of plays, so how successful or not should maybe have a little bit more of an impact. Who knows, if you have eight successful plays on a drive, for example, compared to one big play, the end result might be the same. You may get a touchdown either way, but your success rate may look much worse if you just have one big play compared to eight successful plays over, say, a 12-play drive. Overall, average difference for Troy, 374 on the dot. 374.0 whatever. I don't have a decimal point on my spreadsheet for this. That is basically right in the middle. 374, 375, 374 in the middle. Akron, on the other hand, 361.2. So better, not probably enough, it looks like, to really push them over the edge. Troy only wins by one score in this game. So kind of a coin flip at that. It's a one score game. Those can go either way. You see that in baseball. You see that in football. Definitely close. The difference, at least average difference, kind of lends itself to that. The success rate is befuddling how Troy can have a significantly less successful overall portfolio of plays than Akron and still end up winning. But one big play is one big success and four successes may bump up your success rate, but it may not help you do any better. Those those four round one games for FBS. Let's move on to the eight round one games for FCS and we'll look at those statistics as well. Our first F. CS game that we're going to look at from round one is Sacramento State against Rhode Island. Sacramento State wins this game 24 to 8. Cool. Makes sense. They were the expected team to win this game and they ended up winning it. Interestingly, okay, they played, they ran 41 plays and Rhode Island ran 56. So Sacramento State, in order to win this game, needed to play better overall than Rhode Island did 
play to play. You just were playing fewer plays. You needed to do better. So success rate, Sacramento State, 31.7%. Less than one third of the time did they achieve what was deemed a successful play. Rhode Island, 32.1. That's a four tenths percentage difference. Probably not enough to really push a team over the edge in terms of doing better. Is the fact that Rhode Island played so many more plays than Sacramento State did? Is that little bit of success going to push them over because they were a little more successful and they made more plays so they're going to have even more successful plays turns out it doesn't be the case for this sacramento state wins 24 to 8 it's tough to see like wow i mean neither of those teams were great offensively it looks like i mean i had sacramento state with 320 yards of offense rhode island with 273 that might not be quite right i'm calculating it based on yards gained in the play log so that might not be entirely accurate but just neither offense did great play to play there may have been some big plays that help you kind of boost your success rate a little bit but if you have two bad plays and then one successful your success rate is one third whereas if you again have a long successful drive your success rate may be better why this is even weirder is the average difference for this team sacramento state again the team that wins the game the better seeded team team expected to win has an average difference of 382 so worse than the midpoint midpoint is 375 they're at 382.7 rhode island 383.0 so the fact that this game actually ended up being a two-score game i'm guessing there were it looks like no field goal and three touchdowns so it looks like this was a field goal and three touchdowns for sacramento state rhode island probably got a touchdown and two-point conversion but the fact that neither of them were below the midpoint in terms of average difference on offense is also kind of astounding it lines up with the fact that their success rate was so low but it was still like wow this is this feels like it wasn't a very offensively strong game which hey 32 points kind of makes sense but still looking at the game you makes you wonder like okay what was going on there why is it just lots back and forth i guess but yeah i see turnovers i see punts i see turnovers overall Sac State wins the game 24 to 8, but not a good offensive game, it looks like. Looking at our next game, Delaware against the Citadel. Delaware, better seeded team. They did better overall in the season. They had a better seed. They win this game. They're the home team. They win by 11 points, 28 to 17. Let's look at success rate. Again, hopefully this looks a little bit better. Turns out it doesn't. Both teams had a success rate of 30%. Both teams actually also ran 40 plays. The Citadel ran 40 pass plays. Delaware ran 40 run plays. So they both had the same number of successes fascinating that just kind of how it worked out um yeah 30 percent. neither of those teams must have done super well on offense and i guess that kind of bears out with the points it's 45 points though which is a little bit better than what we had in the previous game but still ooh, not great from a like play-to-play -play standpoint in terms of moving down the field you have a big play okay that counts as a success but lots of drives that maybe didn't do so well looking at average difference this will certainly tell us okay yeah this is probably why Delaware won. Delaware had an average difference of 370. So just below the midpoint. The Citadel, 419.7. 50 points of difference, plenty of difference between the winning team and the losing team. That probably is what pushed them over the edge and gave Delaware the advantage in this game. 28-17, it's an 11-point game. I don't know if that's really indicative in a 50-point difference in the average difference, but that's substantial. Success rate, not helpful in this. Average difference, 50 points when we're looking at potential of 0 to 750. That's 115th. That's impressive over 80 plays, 40 for each. So definitely makes sense that Delaware won this game. They had a much better average difference. They should win this game. Our third game from the FCS round one is Eastern Washington beating Villanova 28-25. Easily the closest game that we've looked at so far. Hopefully the offenses looked a little bit better. From a success standpoint, sure. 
43.2 to 40%. Eastern Washington successful on 43.2 of their plays. They ran 44. Villanova successful on 40% of their plays. They ran 55. Pretty close. Eastern Washington a little more successful, but not much. Either way, three-point game, any kind of one-score game, we're going to kind of call a coin flip, and the statistics might kind of bear that out, unfortunately. Looking at average difference, Villanova, the losing team, had a difference of 373.2. Again, just below the midpoint, barely squeezing in there. Eastern Washington, the victorious team, average difference, 397.9. So 24 points higher on the average difference, but they still won the game. They won it by three. You get a turnover. You get a turnover touchdown. You get a kick return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown. That's a quick and easy way to get that in there. Also, I should note, average difference is also included from any kind of PAT try. So if you're just doing a single point after touchdown kick where your range can be like 700 and below, it still be a good kick. Yeah, if you have like a 590, that'll bump up your average difference, but it won't really make a big difference in terms of the game. So average difference holistically needs to be revised as a statistic for determining how good the team did. Either way, Eastern Washington kind of overperformed their average difference at least. Success rate, they were a little bit better than Villanova, but certainly they outperformed their average difference statistic. Ended up winning the game, moving on. Winning by three, hey, it's still a win. Good for you. Looking at Northern Arizona against Towson. Towson, first upset of round one that we're looking at, wins this game 25 to 19. From a success standpoint, this is not great. I will also say that this game featured a delay of game in the first five plays. So not great. That did benefit Towson as well. Take away the eight points. Maybe they don't win the game. I don't know. It's not great. It is what it is. FCS. Kind of what happens there. First round. So it's not great. Maybe that helps them win the game. I don't know. Looking at this then, bringing that forward, thinking about that, it's less surprising then to see the success rates be so close and have Towson actually have a lower success rate. Overall, their success rate 28.9% compared to Northern Arizona's 30%. Overall, very, very close. Plays called by Northern Arizona, 40. Plays called by Towson. 38. Pretty close there, but Northern Arizona ever so slightly more successful. Looking at average difference, Northern Arizona 416.1. So not anywhere close to the midpoint of 375. Towson 383.4. 30 points lower than Northern Arizona. That helps a lot. Still above the midpoint. So really have not seen any amazing outstanding performances from an average difference standpoint. And PATs can kind of skew that a bunch. But either way, neither of these teams and like maybe two of the FCS teams have been close to the midpoint so far of the eight games of the eight teams in the four games that we've looked at. So overall, this hopefully improves going forward. The round two FCS games, seven of the eight were one score games. We've got a little bit of statistics from that in the FBS uh, Discord that I'll look at. And hopefully we'll talk about those next podcast or maybe two podcasts. We'll see. But Towson gets lucky with the delay of game. Neither team below the midpoint for average difference. Neither team successful more than one third of the time based on success rate. Towson wins the game 25-19. They get the upset. They move on to round two. Our fifth game of round one for the FCS playoffs is Lafayette against North Dakota. Lafayette wins this game as the higher seed. They win it by 11 points. Better than a coin flip, that means they probably did a little bit better. From a success rate standpoint, not the case. They ran 23 plays. 23 offensive plays all game by my count. So really not that many. Little concerning? Yeah, probably, but... Overall, it is what it is. North Dakota ran 53. Kind of strange. You make it work. Lafayette wins by 11 points. From a success rate standpoint, Lafayette was successful on 34.8% of their plays. 
little bit better than one third. North Dakota was successful in 49.1, just under half, much better than Lafayette. Yet Lafayette wins this game. Average difference. Lafayette, 375.1. North Dakota, 378.9. Not much worse than Lafayette. So why did North Dakota lose? Maybe they had turnovers. I see a turnover away within the first 10 plays, it looks like, by North Dakota. Away being the possession, North Dakota was the away team. I don't see any other turnovers in the first half. I'm not going to scroll down. But overall, Lafayette wins this game 28-17. Maybe they had bigger plays. They only had they had less than 250 yards of offense per the play log. North Dakota had significantly more. Maybe they drive down and turn the ball over, especially in the second half. Hard to say. From a success rate half to half, it looks like North Dakota was less successful in the second half. 54.2 in the first, 44.8 in the second. Still better than anything Lafayette did. I am befuddled by this. Maybe it's worth a deep dive in a future episode. Lafayette wins this game, though. Kind of unexpectedly fewer plays fewer yards less successful average difference a little bit better but still bang average in the midpoint 375.1 versus 375 okay you did fine i guess but somehow you won the game good for you take it run take it to the bank 28-17 lafayette wins that game not an upset but they held on sixth game of fcs round one playoffs utah tech upsetting bucknell 38 to 18 20 point win good for utah tech easily a notable margin of difference probably played significantly better maybe not from a statistical standpoint i don't know success rate utah tech 38.1 percent bucknell 42.4 you both teams above 33 that's great closer inching towards halfway at least for bucknell kind of utah tech still close to a third but above the 33 percent line that's that's not bad that's fine you're working with it that's okay number of plays again kind of remarkable bucknell ran 66 plays in this game utah tech ran 42 24 more plays that's kind of a lot can you do anything with it i don't know bucknell average difference this might be what was kind of indicative of the game 395 394.9 395 versus utah tech's 370.1 24 25 point difference maybe that's enough to give them the edge especially if they depending on where those differences kind of come from and utah tech Fighting just under 375 overall. Bucknell, well above the midpoint there of 375. So still not amazing in terms of average difference. We saw a couple of those FBS round one games in the low 300s, but this is still just right around 375 and above. So I mean, this is round one of 24 teams. Maybe you're not going to get as good offenses. Or on the other hand, you're just seeing good defenses. 38 to 18, maybe those points are turnover touchdowns. Who knows? Not a lot of good average difference performances so far. That's okay. Interesting the scale at which FCS is different than FBS, at least right now for this, but something we'll look at maybe in the future. Overall, Utah Tech, at least from an average difference standpoint, makes sense that they win this game. Should they win it by 20 based on those? I don't know, but they probably should have won it based on average difference. Success rate was close enough, probably not worth using. Albany Dartmouth. Albany wins this game 20 to 14 over Dartmouth. Overall, Close game, not an upset. Albany does what they're supposed to do. Except maybe not from a success standpoint. 31.8 for Albany. Below one-third, probably not a great look. Dartmouth, 46.7. Significantly higher. Close to one-half. Great for Dartmouth there. But definitely didn't come out in the scores. Albany ran 44 plays. Dartmouth ran 55. You have more plays and you have incremental gains. You're more successful, I guess. Didn't really come out in the wash. Maybe average difference. Maybe like the last game, average difference tells a different story. Not really. Albany, 372.8. Kind of bang average again. Dartmouth, 363.7. Below 370, that's good. That's something, but still really, really close. Overall, not super surprising. And Albany came in as a better seed, so maybe, okay, yeah, then they, they should win. It's a six-point game. Yeah, I don't know. It, this has been interesting. This is not what I expected starting this exercise. FBS kind of made some sense. 
FCS has not made sense yet, really, for me. And you're seeing these big differences in success rate. This is a 15% difference. They're, yeah, 15 percentage points each. They're 50% almost more successful. 46 versus 31. It's like, okay. It's a funny game, so you just kind of kind of work through it, but weird. Maybe the last game would be better. This last game is Columbia versus Texas Southern. Columbia wins this game 21-17. They stave off possible upset. They win the game. Columbia ran 41 plays all run. Texas Southern ran 37. Pretty close in terms of number of plays run. From a success rate standpoint, Columbia 36.6, Texas Southern 32.4. Pretty close. Four percentage points difference. It looks like Columbia was much more successful in the first half than the second, but they held on. So good for them. That's really encouraging. Average difference. I was hoping to see a better performance from an average difference perspective, at least. And maybe this just means there were a lot of turnovers. But Columbia, average difference, 434. 60 points above the midpoint. Not like 10. Not even at 400. 60 points. Just orders of magnitude above what the other teams have done so far. 434. Texas Southern lost this game. So they must have done worse. They lost by four points, so maybe not. I mean, 421.9. So a better average difference, but still almost 50 points worse than the expected midpoint. Just maybe just we didn't move the ball much. And it looks like Columbia had 133 yards per the play log. 133. These must have been like turnover touchdowns, punt return touchdowns. I don't I don't know. I mean turnovers in short fields, I guess. 133 total yards of offense, and they win the game. Texas Southern had over 230, over 240, but still can't win the game. Over over 420 average difference for both teams. 45 points higher than the midpoint. Not expected at all. This was this is fascinating. The game is close, I guess, so maybe that's a good thing, but not offensive slugfest. Maybe it's defensive football. Maybe it's good defense. Wow. Both teams above 420. Blaze it, I guess, but offense was not blazing. We're going to move back to FBS. We've got the four quarterfinal games, and we've got the two semifinal games. I'll talk about the fact that, oh, hey, the FBS National Championship is currently going on. The FCS quarterfinals are currently going on as well. We're not really going to discuss those games. I mean, they've happened. Round two FCS games have happened as well. Not time for discussing them. Either way, the four quarterfinal games for the FBS playoff. First one, Cincinnati-Troy. Troy squeaks through and wins 22-21, just barely pulling it off. Kind of impressive. Kind of last gas, touchdown, and two-point conversion, it looks like, based on the plot. I had to pull this up again in the Discord just kind of see what happened here, because looking at it from a statistic perspective, it doesn't quite make sense that Troy wins this game and just barely. And looking at the win probability, Cincinnati has the advantage. They lead for most of the game, too. Definitely kind of weird success rate. Cincinnati was successful on 45.6% of their plays. Half to half, it was pretty close too. 46.4 to 44.8. Overall, that's very, very good. Close to 50%. Doing great. Certainly looking better than a lot of the teams that we just saw in the FCS round one. They ran 57 plays. A lot of plays. Troy ran 54. Lots of plays. Lots of hurry up stuff in this game, probably. They really got through it. That's cool. Cincinnati did run almost all of their plays, which is interesting. Troy passed most of them, but who they were moving. Wow. Okay. That's good. Troy, on the other hand, 31.5. Below 33%. Below one third. That's my starting line of like, okay, is this good or not from a success standpoint? So 31.5, not good from a success standpoint. Maybe they had a better average difference. Who knows? Cincinnati, 396.7. Above the midpoint. 20 points above the midpoint. Not great. Troy, 405.3. Troy won this game. 405.3. 30 points above the midpoint. Don't know how they won this game. It's impressive. They were down what looks to be 14-0, and then eventually 21-3 are able to come back. Maybe they got turnovers. Maybe they had a couple of big plays, but wow. At least these two statistics do not point to Troy winning this game. It was a one-point game. Not even a one-score game. One-point game. Definitely kind of up to chance, and those two statistics are not really going to point it out, but I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to show that, oh, hey, 
Sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. This is another one of those games where maybe it doesn't work. Navy, Iowa. Navy wins this game 37 to 20. Another upset in the quarterfinals. That's cool. That's exciting. That's what we want to see. So Navy wins this game by 17 points. They run 50 plays, all run on the ground, 50 plays. Iowa runs 48. So they had equal chances maybe from that respect. Let's look at success rate. Navy, 42% of the time, they were successful. First half, 41.9. Second half, 42.1. Unbelievably consistent half to half. That's great. Well done, Navy. 42%. That is closer to one half than it is to one third. That's good. Iowa, 35.4. Not great. Certainly closer to one third than it is to one half. And six and a half point difference. Maybe that's enough. Again, that's almost over 50 plays for both teams. So maybe it's indicative. I don't know. 17 points though. Wow. That's a more than one score. Not sure it's super coming out in the success rate, but that's okay. Average difference. Iowa, 406.5. Not good. 30 points above the midpoint. Good defensive showing by Navy, but ooh, Iowa, maybe that's what held you back. Maybe Navy was significantly better and that's why they won. They weren't much better and they certainly were not near the midpoint. 395.9. 20 points above. They played better. Their average difference is better. Their success rate is better, but those average differences making me ask questions. I mean, maybe it's a good defensive game and that maybe that's what I should chalk it up to, but you're playing, you're calling 50 plays. Maybe you can do a little bit better and the 50 plays are not all that go into the average difference, but ooh, yeah, that doesn't feel great. Who knows? Navy wins the game by 17. They move on. Another upset in the quarterfinals. Looking at Wyoming Ole Miss. Now, we know Wyoming is in the national championship for FBS. Good for them. They're there. They're trying to win the game. But you got to win two games to get there first. And Ole Miss was their first challenge. They win the game 26-24. That's really close. And who knows? Maybe that kind of shows up in the statistics. Yeah, it does. Success rate for Wyoming. 30.8. Less than one third. Oof. In Ole Miss with 37.5. Above one-third, that's great, but still not touching 40. Not closer to 50 than you are to one-third. Good defensive games. Maybe this is just a good defensive game, and maybe that's what I need to call going forward, but neither offense looked to be super clicky. Wyoming ran 52 run plays. Ole Miss ran 40 pass plays, so not a big imbalance there, but definitely kind of tough to generate offense that way. Average difference. Wyoming, 380.8. So closer to the mid-range, much better than what we've seen for some of the teams so far. Still above, though. And Ole Miss was 375.8. That's really close. They ran about the same number of plays. Probably not super indicative as to who was going to win the game. And it was a two-point game. Not a two-score. Not a one-score game. Two points. Neither of those statistics are really going to tell you. That can be one play. That can be one field goal versus not making it. So tough to see that in especially overarching gameplays. So Wyoming wins the game. Neither team looks great from an offensive standpoint. From a defensive standpoint, both teams look good. Maybe they just have really good defensive coordinators. So that's what you can take out of it. But these are offense statistics that we're looking at. So neither of them look great from that perspective. Defense looks pretty good, it looks like. Wyoming moves on to the semifinals. Two-point win for them. Our last quarterfinal for FBS, Utah over Duke. Utah wins this game 31-24. Utah is the other team in the national championship. They're trying to go back-to-back, but they got to get through these games. They got to beat Duke, and they do. They win 31-24. One score game. Probably going to have close statistics. Guess what they do? Utah. One third of the time they were successful. 33.3. Duke, 36.9. Utah ran 39 plays. Duke ran 65. 65 plays to 39. Almost twice as many. That's kind of astounding. But Utah was successful one third of the time. Duke only slightly more successful. Average difference. Maybe this is kind of where Utah made their bread. Is this where it happened? No, it's not. Utah had an average difference of 382.7. Duke had an average difference of 382.4. Three tenths of a point difference. Tiny. Not indicative of all who was going to win that game. Super close. This is a good game. This probably was a good game. And it was super close. Those statistics bear it out. It was a seven point game. And it's impressive that it was so close. Average difference within one point of each other. Amazing. Third down percentage is 22 and 26. 
Utah and Duke, respectively. Offenses didn't look great. Defense is showing out in the FBS quarterfinals, it looks like. Utah wins 31-24. They move on to the semifinals. Those are the games we're going to talk about next. Our first semifinal, Wyoming-Troy. Wyoming beats Troy 17-0. That's a defensive game. This has got to be a defensive game. Defense wins the game for Wyoming. You don't let your opponent score? That's fantastic. Maybe your offense controlled the ball, controlled the game for a lot of it, but Troy didn't score. So that is all credit probably goes to Wyoming's defensive coordinator. Wyoming's offensive coordinator, you're along for the ride. You scored your points. That's good. You did your job, but you owe it to the defensive coordinator for appearing in the national championship game. Plain and simple. They played out of their mind. And this comes through in the statistics. Wyoming was successful 38.8% of the time. They've not had great offensive showing so far in the quarterfinal and the semifinal. Defensively, maybe their teams that they've faced have been good. And maybe that would bear out. I don't have that easily pulled up, but yeah, it looks like it. They played good defenses and their offense struggled a little bit. Look at Troy, 25.7% success rate, easily the lowest that we've seen. Less than one third, close to one quarter, one quarter of the time they had a successful play. All credit to the defense. That was a great job by Wyoming's defensive coordinator. Take a look at average difference. See if this lends itself to anything different. Wyoming, 383.5. Above the midpoint, but within 10. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. Troy, 416.6. Not even close. 40 points above the midpoint. Not even close to what Wyoming had. Troy just couldn't do anything in that game. Wyoming's defense was great. And maybe that comes through against Utah in the national championship as well. 416 versus 383, 25.7 versus 38.8. Wyoming won this game and it shows. This is something that really is like, wow, yeah, this is another way to look at how Wyoming won this game. Total yards, Wyoming had 243 versus Troy's 148. Yeah, you had almost 100 yards more for the play log. Yeah, you're going to do better. But Wyoming ran 49 plays, Troy went 35. Yeah, it's going to make a difference. They kind of just overall won that game. Defense probably did it more than offense, but Wyoming just won that game. Plain and simple. Troy didn't give it up. Wyoming had a better game. That makes sense based on those statistics. Our final game, Utah-Navy. This was a close game. This was an exciting game. This was not the first semifinal game. This was a close, nail-biting game. Utah wins this game 17-14. Three-point game, super close, super nail-bitey. Both teams talked about how the first half and the second half felt drastically different. From a success rate standpoint, Utah ran 30 plays. Navy ran 48. Utah was successful 40% of the time. Navy, 43.8. Pretty close. Utah talked about how second half, it felt like they were struggling to get anything going offensively and defensively. That kind of shows up. Utah was successful half the time, 50% in the first half, but 31.3 in the second half. On the other hand, Navy, 30.8% of the time successful first half. Second half, 59.1, almost 60% of the time. Amazing. Navy just played so much better in the second half, but couldn't finish it. Couldn't hold on, couldn't get enough points in the second half to achieve victory. Does this bear out in overall average difference? A little bit? Utah, 374.9. Midpoint, bang average, kind of what you'd expect. Navy, 389.1. So 15 points higher, 14 points higher than Utah. The three-point game, 15 points over 40, 50 plays. Maybe that does make a difference. You have one or two really bad plays at the wrong time. Sure, that definitely kind of plays out. It was such a close game. Average difference, not super helpful overarching in this case. Maybe it needs to be average difference for run pass plays and special team plays because average difference from like 400 to 600 doesn't make that much of a difference special team wise. If you're doing that for an extra point, it still counts. If you're doing it for a kickoff, it's maybe 10 to 15 yards of field position, but you do that with the ball in your hands, 400 to 600, that can make a big difference. That can be an incomplete pass compared to a loss of five to 10 yards, and that can set you back. 
Either way, Utah wins this game, have a slightly better average difference, slightly worse success rate. These aren't super indicative of terms of who's going to win the game as exhibited by these 18 games, but it kind of is what it is. Utah and Wyoming move on to the national championship. We'll see what the statistics say after that game is done in terms of who maybe performed better versus who won. But this has been a discussion about success rate and average difference. They're not unbelievable indications of who's doing better. They're not the end-all be-all of, hey, this team is a better team head-to-head. This team had a better season from a performance standpoint. But they're two interesting data points that sometimes definitely explain it. Case in point, the Wyoming-Troy game. Wyoming had a much better average difference than Troy did. They had a much better success rate. That speaks more to the defense than the offense, but that's the case in point. Then there's some games where it's like, that doesn't line up at all. How did they win that game? You have a few big plays. That's how you win the game. So we'll see what the FBS National Championship looks like. FCS still has the round two, quarterfinal, semifinal, and the final to look at. We'll see how many of those I look at, or if I just have something that I put out about them. But overall, that has been episode number two of the Fake College Football Podcast. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Overall, have yourself a great weekend, guys. And season nine is going to come around the corner at some point. Get ready for it.